Blog Talk Radio. at the National Archives and Beyond Blog Talk Radio. This is your host, Bernice Alexander, with co-host Patricia Glover-Howard. Hi, Patricia. Good evening, Bernice. How are you tonight? Oh, just fine, Patricia. And hey, do you know what we just started off with? We just started off with a song by Joyce Ann Houston playing the trumpet with her band, and they were playing Always There. Now, that's a difference for us tonight. (laughs) I was jamming. (laughs) You were me, too. (laughs) I was jamming, too. Well, I am so happy to welcome the callers and chatters to research at the National Archives and beyond. This show will provide individuals interested in genealogy and history an opportunity to listen, learn, and take action. If you have logged in as a guest and you wish to participate in the chat, please sign in through Blog Talk Radio. Well, tonight's show, the title of tonight's show is We Are Family. The O'Kellys. And my guests are Joyce Ann Houston and Orgy Hoskins Shunway. Also joining us will be Bradley Rainier, and we're hoping that Nikki Williams Sebastian will also tune in to talk to us tonight. Well, folks, the O'Kellys will discuss building bridges and healing the divide in the racial culture of America. They are an example that the horrible system from the past of slavery doesn't have to linger into hate or dislike between races together. Now, many Americans share DNA of mixed ancestry. We must come together as a nation, understanding that we are really all our family. Well, Joyce Ann Houston is from St. Louis, Missouri, and she is a vocalist, a trumpeter, and you've heard some of her music, and a genealogist enthusiast. And she began following a presentation on her family tree at the Las Vegas O'Kelly's family reunion she hosted in 1991, where she resided for 25 years. Now, she always loved hearing family stories from the elders, and we're going to hear a little bit more about that. 
Well, O.G. Hopkins Shanway was born in 1935, and she resides in Provo, Utah. Now, she's done extensive genealogical research, which is how Miss Houston found her records that aligned them together. So we're going to hear more about their story. So let me give a warm welcome to Joyce Ann Houston, Orgy Hopkins, Shanway, to research at the National Archives and Beyond. Welcome. Bill well, Kelly. we are so happy to be here. Hello, hello, everybody. Thank you. This well, is a delightful time for our families. Well, I am just, I'm just delighted just to have both of you on the show. So, Joyce Ann, let's begin with your family's oral history. Tell us about your O'Kellys. All righty. Well, uh, we've been having family reunions since the 1930s. And at our reunions, we would always hear the story of our beginnings, which began with our enslaved ancestor, Ellen Fisher, through research I found her, I also listed as Ellen Johnson Matthew Fisher. And they would tell us the story at the reunions that Ellen was a slave uh, on the O'Kelly plantation, and uh, she was beaten and blinded in one eye as she tried to resist the advances of the master's approach upon her, and she was uh, threatened to be tossed into a burning bush if she did not receive these advances. So she did, and she ended up uh, having children with, uh, his name was James Edward O'Kelly, and I descend from one of his children, Daniel Smith O'Kelly, her other child, with James was Will Doc O'Kelly. James died shortly after the Civil War, and then his brother took over his estate uh, in a way, and Ellen ended up having another child by him, and his name was John Beatty O'Kelly. So we never had evidence of these names, uh, we just knew the stories, and then later I put the names together, and then by doing the DNA, we confirmed that it definitely was two different brothers, and in uh, the research, confirmed as well after the paper trail through DNA that we are related to R.G. line who descends from James Edward O'Kelly as well. Uh, the family uh, I grew up with, we I loved our family reunions. In the 30s and the 40s, the family would host the reunions yearly at people's homes uh, throughout Mississippi, uh, Tennessee, Chicago, and St. Louis. And the family continues to grow because Dan had 10 children. Uh, Will, he had about seven uh, and Charles had two uh, girls, and uh, the they all were having more children, so they decided that uh, we needed to start hosting the reunions in hotels. 
because they said the uh, the women were busy cooking and cleaning and doing all of this stuff, you know, instead of enjoying the event. So uh, by my generation, uh, it was always going to a hotel, which I thought was fantastic. And we would have a hospitality room where everybody would just get it, come through and just have fun. And I would sit and just be engulfed in these stories about all the different uh, ancestors who were no longer alive uh, and listening to what the, those there did for a living, a lot of civic duty, a lot of uh, duties in the service. Uh, our reunions stalled for a while during World War II because so many people were serving in the military. And then uh, we picked back up as, uh, and we, were, uh, we started doing it uh, biannually after a while. Uh, so uh, we would get on the bus and take a trip to maybe Chicago, and then there would be a welcome sign uh, at the hotels uh, said, Welcome O'Kelly family. And then a lot of black people would get off the bus, and I could see the people's faces like, uh, Oh, that's different, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and I always uh, enjoyed seeing the reaction. And we were always proud of our name. We we knew where it came from, but the, the family unit was so tight. I have tons of cousins, and uh, it's just it was just always an enjoyable experience. So I just uh, one year uh, we had a reunion in the projects uh, here in St. Louis, and they had the family tree that one of the cousins, Elvin Jackson, had hand drawn. Uh, and I saw at the root of the tree Ellen Fisher and Daniel, Will, and Charles, and then I could see the names for the next generation, and I saw my mother on a leaf on a tree with her twin sister, Joyce, uh, Lois and Joyce. I thought, oh, this is so fascinating. I, I want, but I'm curious, why is it says Ellen Fisher, but we're always saying we're the O'Kellys? And so that curiosity got me into digging more into understanding how the name changed and and then all of the other siblings of the Daniel, Will, Charles, Amos, John, Teresa, Fisher, and all of them. And, you know, so I kind of started taking over the family history, uh, documenting, uh, sending out family group sheets, uh, building the tree beyond the hand-drawn because it's it's, it's comp- uh, computerized now, a lot of data. And, uh, well, Joyce, tell us, tell everyone, where did your O'Kellys come from? Uh, and were of, they always O'Kellys, or did they go by another name? No, uh, always O'Kelly, uh, the originators. Daniel Will Charles, they were born in Woodville, Mississippi, in Wilkinson County, uh, okay. also a Perry town. So my grandmother, her name was Helen O'Kelly, and all of her siblings, okay. they were O'Kellys. Uh, sometimes there were name spelling differences, with some with the E, some with, without the E on the end. And uh, so during the Great Northern Migration, they left Mississippi and spread out towards St. Louis, Chicago, and Memphis, and Arizona. Okay. So, R.G., Tell us about your O'Kellys. Well, my O'Kelly journey has been a bit different than uh, Joyce's impressive uh, story. 
I was a child in El Paso, Texas, and hung on my grandmother's wall. And my grandmother had been born in, in 1888, and um, her father, who was Daniel P. Um, Fairley, who had married Anne O'Kelly, had been in the Civil War, but he had never had slaves. He was born in 1840, and um, and I thought, well, that's interesting. Even as a small child, uh, probably about nine or ten, I had heard about the Civil War, and I thought, this is interesting. We hear about slaves in the Civil War, and Daniel P., as I started studying about him, I was fascinated. Well, that fascination went from Daniel P. into Darrington, um, South Carolina, where the O'Kellys came from, and at that time their name was Kelly, not O'Kelly. But these three sons left Darrington. Darlington. Uh, Darlington. Thank you, Joyce. Yes. Uh, Darlington, South Carolina, and went to Mississippi. And they changed their name from Kelly to O'Kelly, which is another story, but um, that's what they did. And um, so that journey took me to the McCalls, the McLaurins, the Fairs, the Middletons, and the O'Kellys, and then the Fairs. And so looking at all those lines and how they intertwined was an interesting journey for me. my grandmother was born, Daniel P.'s daughter, was born in Natchez. And she would tell me stories about Natchez, and which was very interesting. Anyway, from that, I got a desire. Then as I searched and looked, I found that when Joyce's family were having family reunions, my line coming out of James Edward O'Kelly and through, my, through his daughter... Uh, Leonora, um, they started family reunions about the same time in uh, South Carolina. So it's interesting that that both families had this burning desire to be validated somehow with their families, which I think is a beautiful story because they both love families and got together, so that was good. Um, And then for the families now to be brought together again, uh, it just shows the influence of what families are. Now, um, I think that as we continue to research and find the unfolding of more information, it's even going to be more exciting because I used to think that my desires were controlled by me in my family history, but I think it's the family history that, that controls me rather than me controlling the family history. Uh, so, very interesting. Uh, <laughs> anyway, that they just keep, you know, I can I can put my family history down for a while and then the promptings come that say, well, maybe you should be um, looking at me. And so I think the people, this is my personal opinion, I think our ancestors across the veil are very real, and they know who we are, and it's our 
our continued or my continued desire to really know about them and to find out about their their history, the things that their stories, rather than just yes. when they were born and what they did, but but how they lived their lives. Right, and and there is a comment coming out of the chat that's kind of saying ditto to what you said. Yes, the history controls many of us, and this is Angela. She's saying she can identify with what you have said. So you're both looking at records. Now, uh, uh, Joyce Ann, yes. where did you start looking and what kind of documentation did you find that really validated or supported some of the oral history that you had gathered at the various family reunions. Okay. So it's actually kind of funny when I look back on it. Um, At one of the family reunions, they had written down uh, names of who descended from whom, and I took that and made it into like a flow chart. And by the time I finished talking and doing the paperwork, that flow chart was all scratched up. (laughs) It it wasn't lining up correctly uh, in a lot of places. So one of uh, my very first discoveries was at the, uh, I was living in Las Vegas, I was at the Family History Library. I was doing it the old-fashioned way of uh, microfilm and the machine and rolling and rolling and rolling, trying to find Ellen Fisher, Uh, and I found her, and I screamed out loud. So I found her in the 1880 census of, of Woodville, Wilkinson County, Mississippi. And on that chart... Uh, it listed her husband, William Fisher, and the uh, Lewis and some uh, her other children that were in the household at that age and time. And I saw Daniel, Willie, and Charles. And Amos is also uh, was typically on our family history uh, T-shirts, family reunion T-shirts. It was always Daniel, Will, Charles, and Amos. And... Uh, so now I have a location because we didn't know that at the time. It was we we'd never heard of Woodville, Mississippi, but we heard of Magenta, and so Magenta came later uh, when Daniel, Will, and Charles were adults. They started a farm and they sold goods and they were very industrious in uh, their business. So. That was my first record. And then I found Ellen's marriage certificate to William Fisher, and her name was listed as Matthews. So one of the uh, people I talked to a lot was uh, Beatrice Carter. She was the eldest, you know, like in her 90s, and I just loved talking to her. And I said, I am not finding Amos O'Kelly. And she said, well, child, his last name is Matthews. I was like, oh, well, I didn't know that, you know. And then when she told me that, then I found the census record with Amos Matthews. And so 
uh, we had some little rumblings in the family. I said, wait a minute now. Now I'm getting the the, the, the documentation correct. We need to fix our T-shirts and things. <laughs> uh, so uh, some people were, you know, not liking that idea of, of changing the history of how the T-shirt was always displayed. And then I said, wait a minute now. Not only did she have those four boys, she had some daughters and another son. So right now our family logo, uh, based on the census records I found and uh, marriage records and things like that, uh, I have all of Ellen's children's names on the T-shirt, uh, and the O'Kellys are in the center and that because all of our reunions are based on those three uh, ancestors' descendants. So... Uh, I mean, uh, I found some, uh, you know, accounting records, um, like the census, the death certificates. That's where they listed the father's names, uh, James on the first two and John on the third. So that was like, okay, we're, you know, validating that there were two O'Kelly brothers involved. And uh, just uh, just a lot of records in, in, you know, vital records that helped build my case. Well, I just want you to know, right now in the chat room, you have a lot of descendants of family members from Woodville, Mississippi. Ears are perking up. Really? Uh, just, hey! Yes, awesome. yes, 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 yes. Oh, I love it. Yes, I do too. And so so we know you found Ellen Fisher, you found other family members, you even found this name Matthews. And so O'Kelly as you said is in the middle. So you you know that that's the connection for you through the O'Kellys. But Argie, tell us about your research and your documentation. Well, I think Joyce has stated it. Uh, without being specific, and that is how our doc- well she has said it, how our documentation will change the view of what's going on because we all have these ideas as we maybe romanticize um, our history, and sometimes it's really hard for us to move from that view into another picture. Does that make sense? So therefore, it is important for me as a researcher to keep my an open mind that says, okay, this looks like it could be, but I'm going to keep looking. I'm going to keep researching. I'm going to keep bringing in information to validate what I've said. And sometimes it becomes a circumstantial kinds of things that happen to us. Because we say, well, this and this and this and this, it looks like, and then it isn't. So the documentation is really, really important and has been important to me. And I think that sometimes when we contact people with the information we have, they, they at least I'm talking about my relationships with people, they'll say, Hmm, it's interesting what you have there, and uh, let's talk about this. So as we talk and we um, 
we can gain so much information from each other, even though it looks like we're hesitant. I mean, I've had people that I've talked to and I thought, oh, my goodness, they don't believe me or they don't. Uh, we're, we're not on the same page, but as we humble ourselves and open our systems and continue looking, thing, things just happen and we find answers. And sometimes I've looked 30 years for some of my lines. I have many, many lines I work on. And then all of a sudden you walk into a library, and and this has happened before. And on my way out, I've gone over to the, to the reference books and pulled out a reference book, and a page is opened. And there it is. And I think, wait a minute. That's the Bible record that I've been looking for. Mm-hmm. Now, not to say that Bible mm-hmm. records are primary sources, but it's it's a a good clue. Anyway, um, keeping an open mind for change for me has been paramount. So that open mind, at one point, managed to connect the two of you. So tell us about the connection between the black O'Kellys and the white O'Kellys, and when did this happen? Okay. I, um, while researching in the Family History Center in Las Vegas, I ran across a book uh, about David Kelly, and I saw that in this book he had a son, and that David Kelly was born in 1763. He had a son named John O. Period Kelly. And then I saw the name James O'Kelly and John O'Kelly. Uh, not John Kelly. They were Kelly at that time, James and John Kelly. And I was curious if this was my same line. Um, so I wrote to the author, um, and I also was on Ancestry.com and fishing through trees, and I ran across Argy's tree, very well-maintained tree. I don't see any fluff in her tree. I was fortunate to uh, have discovered her tree, and she was showing that uh, her James and John names were O'Kelly, because she had, you know, transferred to the names they were using at that time, around 1860. And uh, so I asked the the author if she could connect me with R.G., and uh, she, that was was the only person that was a little uh, difficult for me to communicate with. She wrote R.G. a letter and said this black woman is, Claiming that, uh, you know, our our people had slaves, they didn't even seem to know about it, um, and so I hadn't heard back from her. So I went ahead and sent e- an email to RG, and I believe it was Brad who found my email and uh, contacted RG that I was trying to reach her. So uh, we eventually started talking, and and I said I, I 
it looks like we are related. Uh, we have the same family line in the same town. Uh, looks like the O'Kelly Plantation is where my ancestor was. And she says, "Oh, I have black cousins." I was, you know, <laughs> she was fascinated by it. And I said, oh, I like this lady, you know. She said, well, what can I do to help? I said, because I have not been able still to this day, it's frustrating, found out how Ellen came into the home of the old Kellys. But uh, Artie said, what can I do to help? And she started help, and, and she found records that she, and she shared them with me of how James got the plantation uh, through the Farahs, and uh, she had newspaper articles, uh, different things, uh, biographies on John. And she was just so open to sharing and actually helping, trying to help figure out, you know, missing links. So I decided to go visit her in Utah around 2005, and make it uh, a research trip and uh, to meet my new cousin. And she was just fabulous. I met her and her husband, Jean, and uh, we did uh, some, some library research together. So and, and we just talk and talk and have fun. And she told me, she says, I am sorry for what my ancestors did to your people and please let your family know that, you know, I apologize for that. And I did at the next reunion. I told them that. I said, we may never get an apology from the United States government, but we got one from our shared ancestor here. And she's a lovely lady and the family, they're just lovely. And so everybody was intrigued by R.G. And we, they wanted to know more about her and, been trying to get her to come to the reunions and whatnot. And uh, so later my mom became a member of the uh, Mormon faith, and uh, she and uh, R.J., my mom, started talking, and R.J. says, I'd love for Lois Houston to come down and spend some time with me here in Utah. So Mama did. Uh, around uh, in 2016, went and stayed a week with R.G. and got to meet more of R.G.'s family. And she just loved them, and they were just loving her. And then we were told that uh, Brad's daughter was going to be moving to St. Louis. And so he wanted to visit when he came to town. And Brad can tell you a piece of that story. Okay, well, Brad, we're going to take a quick break and then come back, and we want to hear from you, Brad. We want to get your your reactions to what what is going on between R.G. and Joyce Ann and, and the family. I, I do want to make one comment, though. You said that together you all continued to do this research. She yes. didn't push you away. You all no. came together, and and that is what I would hope many families would do when they find they share this this history with each other. But let's take a break. We're going to listen to Lady Joyce again, again just for a quick break. Uh-huh. 
Okay, by the way, for those of you who didn't get a, to know who this music is from, this is Joyce Ann, and she's playing the trumpet with her band, Always There. So we're just happy to have this entertainment. <laughs> it's new music, that's right, it's new music, but it's beautiful music, and it's Joyce Ann's music. Well, yes. I want to welcome everyone back to Research at the National Archives and Beyond Blog Talk Radio. Well, we you can find us every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. And so always remember, this is the show where you can join us to listen to experts and individuals share resources, stories, and answer your burning genealogy and history questions. Remember, all of my guests share a deep passion and knowledge of genealogy and history. All of my shows are available as a podcast immediately after the broadcast, and they can be downloaded from Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, TuneIn.com, and Stitcher.com. Now, you have been listening to Joyce Ann Hoskins, Houston, sorry, Joyce Ann, and Audrey Hopkins Shunway. And now we're going to hear from Brad. Brad, tell us what you think about all of this connectivity that's taking place between Audrey and Joyce Ann. Oh, it's been a huge blessing to me and my family. First of all, Brad's my son. Yes, you did make that connection, right? Okay. Um, (laughs) And anyway... about it's been almost two years coming up on two years since we met Joyce Ann's mother, Lois. Lois Houston came uh, to visit. I don't live too far away from my mother, and came and, and met her, and and we were just charmed. It was so fun uh, to meet this cousin uh, of ours, and so when we went to uh, visit my daughter in St. Louis. Um, I asked if I could meet some of the family, and um, I didn't realize that Joyce Ann was going to invite, like, the whole family. And so she had this great reunion for us, and I met all of these wonderful people that I, until that moment, um, didn't realize were my cousins. And um, it was a huge blessing to, to be with, in Joyce Ann's home, uh, meeting all these wonderful people that have enriched our lives, and I'm I'm grateful. Uh, my daughter Ruth and her husband and child, there in St. Louis, have had the opportunity to do other things uh, with uh, with uh, with the family. And uh, our son Benjamin was out there with us at that reunion, as, as well as my wife Marnie. And um, we've been able to get together a few times since as well. Okay, so <laughs> yes, yes, you you certainly did. Now I know you all have the the paper trail, but let's talk about the 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 validation or the verification. At what point did the word DNA come into your research strategy? Uh, in 2012, uh, a gentleman named Patrick O'Kelly ran across our website, blackokellys.org, 
and I had names he was familiar with. Uh, he is a descendant from one of the three brothers that moved from South Carolina to Mississippi, uh, Thomas O'Kelly. And he asked me, uh, would I be willing to have someone do a DNA test so that he could see if, you know, we were related. Uh, and he had black cousins he wasn't aware of. <laughs> and he offered to pay for that. So I... Um, found uh, several family members who were willing to participate. Uh, we started with the Y DNA, the male line, as, you know, they inherit straight back generation to generation of the, uh, the male DNA. Uh, so that would, you know, pretty much tell the story quickly. Uh, and it was proven uh, immediately once we got those results back. And we have uh, even one cousin, uh, his name is James O'Kelly, oddly enough, the same name as our ancestor that we descend from. His name is, so our cousin James Edward O'Kelly, uh, who is my age, uh, He when he did his test, he was uh, there was no difference. It was like a zero-step match. So the DNA was exact. To Patrick's, and it was uh, fascinating to even get you know a perfect match that way. So uh, that was like okay, we'll, we've verified this. So then we, I really started getting interested in the DNA, and started doing autosomal, you know, get both sides, and uh, continue to build our DNA database. So we have a family uh, database group on Family Tree DNA. And we have about 20 members now participating. And then uh, RG was doing her DNA testing. Um, she had done it years ago, I think, on Ancestry. Uh, but she wasn't really studying it much. And so then Bradley and RG also tested on family tree DNA. And we see there we are. We're all related. There we go. You know, <laughs> so uh, so it was it was it was totally proven that we're we're matches. We're cousins. It's not nice so everybody to have your was doing the happy sale. dance, huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. What were you saying, jo- uh, Audrey? I said it's nice when you validate your paper trail that way. It doesn't always happen. That's true. That's right. That's right. So when you started getting the results and everything started, you know, lining up exactly the way you expected it to line up, how did other family members feel about this proven connection? Um, well, well, the uh, most, most uh, let me let me try it this way: the the Black O'Kellys, we already knew we had this white heritage because. Like my grandmother and her siblings, they could pass as white if they so chose to. Uh, my grandmother had green, her eyes would change color green, gray, blue, silky hair and everything. And recently, Argy told me that her eye colors change as well. That was a surprise to me. Um, so we we just, 
we already knew it was it was it was more of I think of a new experience for RG side because they didn't grow up with that story. Am I correct, RG? Correct, but like all of our lines and finding information, no matter what color you are or what religion you are, there's those that are interested and those that aren't interested. So I haven't mm-hmm. had any negative uh, response. I've had some response that says, oh, well, that's good or or, or um, interesting. But then there's those like Brad sitting here that really catches hold and says, oh, this is really great. So I think it has been a common kind of thing through our family that you would find in any relationships with with family um, history. Mm-hmm. It, it hasn't been have, unique. Yes, and we have uh, Nikki on the line. Hi, Nikki. Hi, Bernice. Hello, How Nikki. Are you? Hi. Hey, Hi Nikki. there. Oh, yay. Well, Nikki, have you been listening to the conversation? Yes, I have. The last the last five minutes, I, my phone had died. I'm so sorry. I know that sounds crazy. Oh, I'm so sorry. okay. Well, everyone, Nikki, uh, Nikki's grandfather and Joyce Ann's mother are siblings. So that's, yes, that's the connection. Right. Yes, so Nikki, what can you tell us, uh, your reaction to discovering that the black O'Kellys had the white O'Kellys as family members and it's been validated through your research, of course? What, you said how I feel about it or? Tell us your reaction to your, yes, Nikki, tell us your reaction to your, what has happened since all of you all have come together and validated your research. Yes. Well, like like, like my cousin said, you know, we we sort of, we, I mean, we knew. Um, and as she said earlier, uh, we just didn't know exactly. You know, we had vague ideas. It's just, as a researcher in my actual profession, <laughs> my other than my family history, my genealogy profession, it's always good to find the facts after you research and you dig and dig after so many years of digging and digging. Yes, it is a very good feeling to finally be successful and get one part of the puzzle, or one big piece of the puzzle. And, you know, of course there's always more that we can find, but this, yes, this was a big, a brick wall. It's always good to knock down brick walls. So I was oh, very happy, absolutely. very pleased. Yes, and by the way, you have Truth saying, woo, you know, three of my DAR sisters, yay, Nikki. <laughs> yes. She just, she just posted True. this. Yes, yes, yes. So um, what can you all tell us about just coming together, and what can you tell others? about this union of black and white family members? Well, let me interject something since you brought up that DAR. I would love for people to know uh, that may not, because I have a lot of friends that's on my Facebook page that said, come check this story out. That's the Daughters of the American Revolution, and that is something that Nikki pursued. She's my partner in crime in this research. And Nikki... Will you share how you were able to get us into that organization? 
Well, we had the paper documentation, um, and we you have to connect the generations. You have to have some sort of docu- paper documentation versus DNA documentation. I should say there are certain types of DNA docu- documentation that is acceptable now to to prove your lineage. But in our case, the having we had a death certificate, we had a death certificate that had. James O'Kelly on it, that which who was identified by Teresa, right? Wasn't it Teresa Joyce, uh, which was another one of Ellen's children, and she, you know, had information and put that name on the death certificate, and that was sufficient evidence and paper information to. And how did you find the, the Patriots? Oh, through Argy's tree. I yeah, Argy's. <laughs> oh, thanks. I already told her. I already told her. I looked at her tree. No, you sharing this with the world now. Okay, so you have to. Okay, yeah, so Argy's tree helped you connect the dots, beginning with the death certificate, and then working it back to, and and then seeing what was on Argy's tree, and that there was a patriot. Is that what you're saying? Yes, the father of our ancestor, Daniel Smith O'Kelly, his father, I went back to his parents, and his family was from Darlington, South Carolina. And I, I went from there, and his his father was also from Darlington. His grandfather was from Darlington, and I traced it all the way back to North Carolina. And I found just as many you know, early colonial early American families, people went from Virginia to North Carolina to South Carolina, and then they went out west to Mississippi to the Delta area and in Alabama. From there, you know, where there was a lot of rich land. So our family uh, really followed the, you know, the trails as a lot of families did. And I just traced that, you know, I said the historic lineage from Virginia over to Mississippi. But just going back one generation at a time, yes, I did. Okay. So you all have come together now, but you mentioned brick walls. Do you still have some brick walls that you all are still trying to, to knock down? Oh, we certainly jump do. Over? Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. yes. We certainly do. I mean, Ellen, our, our enslaved ancestress, she's still our brick wall. We found half the puzzle. She's still the other puzzle. She, we do not know for certain where, how she came into this O'Kelly family. We have some theories, um, but we don't, we haven't proven that yet. And of course, that's at the top of our list um, to find out where she. Some record says she came from Virginia. Some record says she, or some oral family history says that she came to Mississippi by way of a steamboat from St. Louis, Missouri, which is where our family's from. So we'll nail it down. We'll find it, but we just haven't found it yet. But that's our our number one priority. So it's good to have this figured out, but it's, you know, we still have it in our heart and our spirit to to find Ellen. And and since your uh, radio show reaches a lot of genealogists, I would like to Put it out that we would love any assistance that anyone may <laughs> to offer. 
to help us down that brick wall. And what what I found recently, you know, I took a trip down to the plantation. I had RG on the telephone. I was scared to death. I out here in the middle of Mississippi. All I'm thinking is, you know, the stories I've heard and, and lynchings and this and that and the other, and this road is, like, secluded off and on the sides of me of large 100-year trees and things. And uh, R.G. had been to that plantation before uh, on a separate trip, and I said, please stay on the phone with me because I'm scared to death. And I'm on this road, and I'm getting ready to go to that old Kelly plantation, and... I get there, and there's this old man, and I'm getting out the car, and I'm saying, uh, can I talk to you? I want to get some information about this land. And he, I thought he had a gun on the floor by him or something, you know. <laughs> a lot of <laughs> stuff going on in my head. And I had the map of the uh, the uh, probate record from James O'Kelly when he died of, of the land that he owned, he, and I showed him that, and then he nodded his head, yes, you're at the right place. He says, come in. And wow. I was just relieved, and he but showed me I've never me wanted ledgers. to go there based on that. I've yeah, never wanted to go the, there based uh, on your description of what happened. Excuse me? <laughs> I've never wanted to, to go there yet based on what you described. Yeah, it's, it's okay, but Joyce Ann, we have a question. Exactly where is the O'Kelly Plantation? It's in this Terry is a Woodville, Town. Mississippi researcher. Terrytown? Yeah, Terrytown. Woodville, okay. Mississippi. After the Civil War, the land was owned. It was, you know, after James O'Kelly died in 1867 in Testate, so the land was split up. And one of somehow parts of the land, some of the land ended up as a national forest, Homachito National Forest, and some other parts of the land ended up with uh, with a man named William Johnson in Woodville, and that's whose property that Joyce Ann visited, um, you know, a couple of years ago. Yeah, and it was it was a strange, eerie feeling to be walking the land of my ancestor. Uh, and the horrible experience that they had to endure down there. Uh, But despite that, I'm so proud of Ellen. Uh, We found a record where she sued uh, James uh, O'Kelly's wife. Uh, uh, Nikki, what year was that? Uh, Around 1870 or so, and found in the Freedman Bureau's records that she did not get paid for her domestic service. It was service. 1860, 1867. We found that in the, the records that were transcribed by family searches. Um, um, what was that process? Through the, records, through the, the indexing Bureau program? Mm-hmm. Yes. We, uh, well, actually, a cousin of ours found it, um, right? Trish found it. And I hadn't found it. A cousin found it. And it was in that record set for, for Mississippi. But yes, she oh. she was. Uh, my understanding of the story is that she was dismissed in 1867 without wages, and she filed a complaint at the Freedmen's Bureau. And then I went, and I thought about that because our ancestor was born in 1862, and then another one had been born. His brother 
Will O'Kelly was born in 1867. And so she had an infant and a, you know, a, a five-year-old or so, and she was dismissed away from the place where she had lived, I guess, her adult life at least. So, there, you know, when you read those records, there's always a context to those records. And we had, you know, I looked at how many children she had at that time, and, you know, I was wondering where would she go or what did she do. But, but then we found her still there in 1870, Joyce Ann. Yes. So there, she was there, but then she was just missed. I, I don't know, but the whole process, but we, we did find now her. Now, when she filed her, her complaint, was she on the O'Kelly plantation or another plantation where she sued the um, – Whoever the planner or whoever that person was. It didn't specify where she was, but we assume that's where she was based on the time frame and where she was in 1870. And mm-hmm. the plaintiff, um, Mrs. O'Kelly, is, is uh, who she had the complaint against. So, but yeah, she should have been there. Or she was mm. also uh, noted across the the river at the other O'Kelly plantation, because the O'Kellys had plantations across in um, in yeah. Louisiana. Yeah. In Ten- Tense, is it Tensaw Parish, Louisiana Tensa. also? Tensa, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and that, which was just, it was literally right across the river. It wasn't like a, a ferry ride across the river. So she was either there or over there um, in either place. So, yes. So do any of you... Yes. Have uh, any more information that you would like to share with the listeners before we close out tonight? Well, I wanted to say uh, that uh, I am proud and honored by Ellen Fisher. Uh, She ended up, I think, about with eight children. Uh, None of them were jailed or murdered. Uh, she survived. They started schools. Yes, they started schools. They, uh, My grandmother and all her siblings, they had gone to college. Uh, lodges. And, Masonic lodges. Yeah. And, uh, and then by us meeting with R.G., who was so open to us, so warm to us, accepting us into our home. And Nikki stayed with Brad while we were at the Roots Tech Convention. And we got to have a, a reunion with that side of the family. And a lot of us are into music and things. We had a, we put on a concert. So we just all have fun together. We just love one another. I just want people to know, you know, don't be prejudiced against one another just because of skin color. We know what happened in American history with slavery. We've come through that. Let's move forward. The people living today are not the ones that did those crime of the past and we can come together and build loving relationships with one another across the races. That's what I wanted to say. And okay, and Audrey? Brad, oh. go ahead. Oh, I, I was just going to say, and um, when we have been uh, with our O'Kelly cousins, we have really felt that love and you know, recognizing that there could be hard feelings there uh, quite understandably but didn't feel any of that. Just came away from the reunion and interactions with um, the Black O'Kellys, feeling loved and accepted like family. 
and uh, and that's something my mother has always emphasized the importance of family and and I I think I could tell that they were related just right off the bat there because of the emphasis on family, uh, which is mm-hmm. I think one of the wonderful things about this family research, which I'm trying to get a little more involved in myself. And so I'm just I, I feel really blessed to uh, be a cousin of Nikki's and Joy Sands and and the rest of their family. Okay, and there is a question coming out of the chat. Does the family have ties? To Kelly's in Ireland. The well, that's a whole other story. That's a that's a whole other story. Uh, when we did our DNA, we found out that we were matching the Perrys out of England. Our when we do our DNA ethnicities, we do see Irish in all of our DNA, but our line seems to come more from England uh, through the Perrys. However, may I just add one note for those people in Mississippi, in our area. Historically, that is what we believed, that they came from Ireland. So as they do their family, and it's interesting, uh, once something is established as a fact, it is really hard to open the door to other possibilities. And that's what the DNA has done. It has opened a door for us to say, hey, this is interesting. Uh, The Perrys came from what? From England. And like Nikki said, a whole different story. So DNA is opening that door to more information. I would really like to talk with those people who are still in Mississippi that are of that family because that would be a a wonderful thing to get to know what they are what they know. Yes. Okay. So I would like you all to offer some advice to others that are doing their research and they discover that they are like you, the O'Kellys, the black O'Kellys and the white O'Kellys. What advice would you give them? I will say have an open mind and an open heart. Uh, Work together to try to build the bridge, to try to find the connection and be loving and accepting of one another. And it can lead to a fabulous new connection and new you know, chapter in the family lives. That's what I would have to say. Thank you. I would and agree we also. also have... This is Nikki Bernice. I would agree ahead, with that as well. I would agree completely with that as well. Have an open heart and open mind and just let the ancestors guide you. Because there are mm-hmm. things out of your control and things you don't, you can't see or that just happens for you without you even knowing you wanted that to happen. So. You just kind of have to go with the flow and, um, you know, you have to be able to receive and, um, you know, uh, have your hands open because a closed fist, nothing can get into a closed fist. So when you're open and you help other people, you know, things, they come back to you. And it's, it's, that's my advice is to keep at it. Do not give up. Enslaved research, research of the enslaved in the United States is not impossible. It's difficult. We have to think out of the box. We have to, you know, do things 
another way. It's not going to be handed to you. We have to work at it, but there are rewards to that um, for us. And they're out there, and they want us to find their stories. They really do. Thank you so much. And we do have comments from the chat. Uh, This is from Susan. She says, once we embrace one another, our ancestors, our DNA, the healing comes. Our skin tone shouldn't matter. And then True True has commented by saying they have really come together for the good. I am really impressed on how open and willing they are to combine and reconcile their stories together. And then... Thank you, yes. True. <laughs> That's so, my friend. So to to all of you, I want to say thank you, Joyce Ann, thank RG, you. Brad, and Vicky, uh, Nikki, uh, for just sharing sharing your story with us tonight and stressing the need to embrace family. Yes. And for all others, please remember. Your ancestors left footprints, and you should follow the clues that are presented to you through oral history, family records, and research at the National Archives and beyond. Now, you can continue this discussion on the Research at the National Archives and Beyond Facebook page, and also remember to listen to the African Roots podcast with Angela Walton Raji, and also watch for the Black Progen Live with host Nika Sul Smith. Thank you so much for joining research at the National Archives and Beyond Blog Talk Radio. And also, check out my services at BB's Genealogy Research and Educational Services, LLC. And my website is www.geniebroots.com. Well, I look forward to all of you joining me next week. This is your host, Bernice Alexander Bennett, with co-host Patricia Glover Howard. Good night, everyone, and good night, Joyce Ann, Argie, Brad, and Nikki. And we're going to close out by listening to all of Joyce Ann's music.